Frank's Red Hot is the perfect blend of flavor and heat. So you can use an entire bottle to make recipes like buffalo chicken dip or buffalo nachos. Or even things that don't start with buffalo. Frank's Red Hot. I put that on everything. Sup, Craig. Howdy. What's up? <laughs> I, I asked you that twice now. Yeah. Well, we're a little out of Howdy practice. Howdy is not an answer to what's up, just so you know. No, what's up is hi. <laughs> like, no one actually answers what's up with an answer. No one no, says, yeah, they do. No, no, wait, 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 wait. Yes, they do. Okay, no, like not you say, much. What's up? And you're like, N- exactly. That is an answer. Not sup, much but, is an answer. But sup is like hi. Like, I, I'm sorry. You can say... I've, I've I've answered hey to sup a million times in my life, man. Sup, hey, hey, because sup is hello. You're not actually you don't care what is up with the well, person when you say sup. Don't assume sup. that I don't assume that I don't care. I'm a very but, thoughtful person. But if you're saying sup, you're not actually asking what is up. Sup is hello. That is what it. That is what the slang is used for. I guess I'm that's sorry. True. So I answered correctly. I'm, I might relent. Howdy. I might relent on this one. The howdy is just a different generation's weird so, hello. So <laughs> howdy. Anyways, howdy, howdy. Anyways, this is podcast versus everyone. Episode, howdy. Episode ninety four. God, we're almost to 100. We'd have been to 100 if it wasn't for the stupid virus. Yeah, and us being kind of lazy and not really wanting to even bother. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not really laziness. It was just like... Apathy. Like, yeah, apathy is probably a better word. Like, we're yeah. just kind of bummed out. You know, it's like, I don't know. Like, you and I both... I mean, I think we've you know, talked about this multiple times on the show. But, like, you know, I mean, there's a lot of big stuff going on in the world. And, you know, without actual games to talk about, it was... I don't know, man. It was tough to tough to talk myself into like, yeah, let's let's grind. You know, we I mean, we did this last off season, right? Like we were like, yeah. you know, we just we'll just grind through it. We got some topics. We'll just, you know, we'll grind for a month well, we and had, then it'll be we football had multiple season. Co- we had multiple coaching changes. We had yeah. all sorts of stuff to talk about last off season. Yeah. Uh, we did have a coaching change this one, obviously, but we talked about that in point because that was almost a year ago at this point. Yeah, it's um, a lot but- easier to talk yourself into grinding, too, if you know where the end is. Yeah. You know, you're like, if I just grind until, you know, the beginning of August or whatever, football camp opens and yeah, then away August we go. Or whatever, yeah. I mean, this whole thing's just been, you know, we've been in a holding pattern since, you know, since freaking March. Like, uh, and then now, now we have, we actually have like real stuff, apparently, yep. you know? Yep. And let me finish my introduction for yeah. people who don't always listen. I'm Craig Powers with me. As always, is Jeff Newser. If you don't always listen, you should always listen. Well, now you know when Duh. one one of us is talking, you'll know who is who. Our voices are pretty different. <laughs> which one is which? Yeah. <laughs> Our voices are pretty different. It is. It's hilarious. I don't know if you you probably do listen to a podcast where both people's voices actually sound pretty similar. Yeah, that's like the worst. Mm hmm. It's like so hard. I'm like, who is talking right now? I don't know which one is which. I hate that. Yeah, I think people know. Yeah, not um, a problem for us. Yeah. Uh, so uh, last time we talked about how Pac-12 football is back, and now yep. we um, obviously this happened a, a little bit like last week, but 
uh it's new to the podcast uh the pac-12 has a football schedule yeah yeah we uh which apparently pat chun was not too happy about which i could i couldn't quite figure that out like like what there was to complain about i guess we have to play usc but like well yeah maybe you wanted to start at home maybe he didn't want to play the best team in the south you know I mean, I don't know. I mean, does it really matter if you start at home? It maybe mattered to him. I I guess, but I'm like, th- so this is where I'm trying to figure it out, right? I'm like, I'm like Pat Chen's like we advocated for, and I, I don't know how he said. I don't know what the tone was because I didn't, I didn't actually hear the quote. But basically, the quote was, you know, we advocated for the schedule that we thought was best for WSU, and we weren't happy with the way the schedule turned out. And I'm kind of like, well, you got three games at home and three games on the road like everybody else and uh you know maybe maybe they would have preferred not to like have a game in pullman on december 12th maybe i don't know like i I guess like i I guess it just i I don't know i mean everybody's only playing the one crossover game yeah we got usc and i'm sure we'll talk about that in a sec about how you know the contenders seem to uh, seem to get the, the easier draw on the crossovers, but, um, you know, it's, it's like, okay, so you play USC. I, I, I mean, I guess that is like, I don't like, I don't know. Like, and again, I mean, USC is, you know, it's not like it's some kind of juggernaut these days, you know I mean? Right. <laughs> we've, we've beaten them. It, this is not, you know, 1995 where we haven't, you know, beaten them in a hundred years or whatever. So anyway, I don't know. I think the schedule is fine. Like, I, I don't know what, uh, you know what I was supposed to think. I do know that the most important thing is that we do not play Washington for the final game of the season. Yep, and that's all. That's kind of all I care about, to be honest. It's still on Black Friday. Still on Black Friday. They are committed to Black Friday, man. And that's honestly, impressive. Actually, I don't. I don't give a crap when I don't have to try to go. Yeah, that's like if if it's on Black. That sounds great. Uh, I have the day off. I'll I'll happily sit at home and yeah and have that day ruined. Um, <laughs> And then I can sadly shop, uh, yeah. you know, on some great deals yeah. and whatever. Uh, online, I mean, I don't even course. have to use it as an excuse this year to not go shopping on Black Friday because Sarah's already like, no way I'm leaving the house on Black Friday. And I'm like, me neither. Like, <laughs> I could, I, I'm not going to be wedging myself into uh, Fred Meyer at 4.30 a.m. to fight over socks. Like, that is not, and pajamas, that is not happening this year for sure. That sounds terrible. I <laughs> will never do that. It's, you know, I'll be honest. Like, I don't even wear pajamas. Like, <laughs> you don't wear pajamas. What is wrong with you? You don't wear pajamas. I wear a pair of boxers to bed. That's yeah. it. Who I usually to be don't all, wear, like yeah. sweaty in bed. Yeah, I usually don't wear pajamas either, but the kids do. We have, we have like yes, a tradition where we we'll, get, we'll get the kids, you know, matching pajamas for Christmas Eve. So that's, that's kind of their Christmas Eve present is they get to open up their pajamas and put them on and. So, so we're not going to worry about that. But, uh, and then the other thing is I always, I always buy my socks for the, for like the entire next year at, at the, at the Fred Meyer thing. Cause they're always like, I don't know, 50% off or something. Uh, I have, it's funny. I just, I just randomly buy socks. I got a lot of weird socks. You are, you are a sock like connoisseur. Like you have cool socks. Yeah, I, it's funny. I we actually we like re, we organized our dressers. We got a new dresser, and and uh, I took Amanda's old dresser, and and we kind of reorganized all our clothes. Like my socks were in different places. Like we're not very, you know, we just had like laundry everywhere. 
I finally like found as many socks as I can, you know, because yeah, we just have like the basket. That's all the socks that don't have friends. Right. Yep. And yep. That, everybody's that, got that. But once we actually started going through all of them, we actually had like an entire hamper of socks that don't have friends. So I started folding them and I have too many damn socks. Like at my <laughs> sock drawer, there was not enough space for them. Yeah. And I'm and I had to just start like picking out pairs to throw away or whatever that I yeah. didn't really need. And like. But but there, I have so many like different looking unique socks. I was like, I don't know. I did I did find a cougar pair of socks, yeah. which is great. Which you know I'll fire up, fire up on November seventh. Um, yeah, throw those on. But yeah, it's um, yeah, socks and uh, no <laughs> Black Friday, Black Friday, pr- probably cups. probably some noon uh, Washington yeah. Yeah, game, and I'm sure it will be. But hey. You know, there's no Mike Leach involved, so maybe we got a chance. Maybe we got a chance. Maybe we got a chance. Yeah, I I just, you know, even if we don't have a chance, at least we have another uh, winnable game the next week. So, you know, it's USC, but. But it's not Washington. But it's not Washington. We have Cal. Cal has to come play in in Pullman. On On December 12th. I'm sure some kind of crazy bullshit will happen in that game. There will be like 18 inches of snow on the field and Cal will rush for 386 yards and whatever. But well, hey, we're not air raiding anymore, so maybe that wouldn't right. kill us quite as bad. Yeah, know? maybe not. I mean, yeah, there's... That, that's a good point, man. That This would be a scary, <laughs> a scary proposition if, uh, if, we were, just... if we were air raiding this year, there's... starting the season in November. Yeah, November 7th, rain and Corvallis guaranteed. <laughs> November 14th. So there's going to be some sort of weather. Pretty in good chance of November rain on 21st, November 14th. November in 21st in Stanford. Good, good. We're good. Yeah, there. that should be sunny in like 60. Black Friday in Pullman. At, at best, it's going to be 20 degrees and whatever. Yeah. December Ice. 4th, USC. There we go. That's a good air raid atmosphere. Yep, December 12th. Nice. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> But obviously, you know, we're joking. Like the air raid had some, you know, nice performances and in, in weather. It's just yeah, one famously but, bad one. But yes. Um, but but uh, you're playing with fire, Scarecrow. But, but we don't have the air raid anymore. We got the run and shoot, which is which, still going to put the ball in the air like forty five times. But that's yes, all right. just not fifty five. <laughs> just not fifty five or sixty. <laughs> we do have Max Borgie. So. We do. We do have Max Borgie. I am who, interested uh, to see how close. Like the, it's going to be weird. I assume that the line is going to be normal again and play closer to each other. Yep. I don't, and it's, it's going to look weird. Like when I've, I've watched Mississippi state. Well, I only I've watched one of their games. I watched the good one and, and, but it was just, it was so comforting, like seeing the, those split lines, like just, right. And, and seeing all the route trees and everything. Yep. It's going to be just so weird. Very first snap just seeing the linemen closer together. And I've yeah. just kind of thought of that very yeah. first snap against Oregon state who hopefully has a bad defense. Uh, they, they were at a, a really bad defense last year. Yeah. But um, they do have that one crazy, awesome stud whose name escapes me who didn't play in the game against us, but mm-hmm. he's back. So yeah, I, I, you know, Oregon starting with Oregon state is good. Um, yeah, I know, mean they're the next that's a te- worst. That's a, team it's a very the, winnable game. Yeah, you know. they, yeah. I mean Oregon, whatever. They're. I mean they they haven't really delivered on, um, what everyone expects them to be quite yet. Yeah. Um, I, I expect them to be pretty damn good, but, um, 
whatever. You know, it's a six game season. That's the thing. I mean, we we or don't seven know. game season, but like that's one of the things we've we've figured out from watching you know the last few weeks everybody else play is that like you know stuff is i mean just take your best guess right like yeah we were talking about leech like mississippi state drops 650 yards on lsu and then plays kentucky and can't score an offensive touchdown right yeah can't score a touchdown period but that and that's crazy pants because it's like now, part of that was, you know, I watched a fair amount of that game. Uh, they should have had a couple touchdowns, but uh, Costello's receivers did not did not do him any favors. One of the interceptions literally went off a receiver who got two hands on it in the end zone. Should have been an easy touchdown. It pops up in the air and it's picked off. So they definitely should have scored some offensive points, but it's still like completely wild to imagine uh, a, a Mike Leach team. Uh, not scoring a touchdown because that didn't even happen during his first season in Pullman. So yeah, they got that last second one against Utah. Yeah, uh, but of course it just means that. more in the SEC. So I'm sure. But that's I have enjoyed it. watching the SEC kind of eat its own as yeah. the Pac-12 often does. Like yeah. it's it's nice. You know, Alabama is obviously Alabama, and we can talk about that in a little bit too. Yeah. But, uh, but... <laughs> they got their own issues right now. But yeah, it's so that's when we look at our schedule, we look at what's been happening and we'll talk more about what's been happening in the rest of college football in a little bit, but yeah, we don't really know and we have brand new defensive coach, brand new offensive coach, brand new head coach. Like it's like it's just there's so much that we're so used to just knowing what is what things are going to look like and what's going to happen because like Mike Leach was so consistent and, and by the time he left, like we knew exactly what the offense was going to do. We knew exactly like uh, we knew the defense by the end was not going to be very good, whatever. Um, but now it's just like, I don't know. Like we, we probably have our uh, a defensive quarter coordinator. That seems like he's pretty good. He's put, he's putting in a new defense. We have a brand new offense. It's very timing based. Um, I'm, I'm glad that this, so this training camp is like slightly longer than the like about a week longer than the training camp you would have in the fall usually. Mm-hmm. So th- that's really nice considering they didn't get the you know the fifteen practices in the spring. Um, so that that's helpful. Hopeful, you know, you know they're playing. Um, I guess we can talk a little bit about the uh, what they've seen. Like obviously, no one's seen anything from the practices really because they can't. Uh, no reporters are going to the practice. Uh, yeah, nobody's seen anything. Yeah, other than whatever they've put out, just you know, footage. But yeah, nobody's allowed to watch, which yeah. is sort of like, come on, yeah, <laughs> you know, re- like I've gone to practices in Bullman before. I yeah, well, nowhere, yeah, I'm nowhere near the players. I'm sitting up. I'm very socially distanced. Like, is yeah, this, like Theo Lawson and and Coog fan can't like yeah sit. 30 rows up and, right. and watch practice. No, know, like. they might, they, you know, they might come into contact with it, whatever that's it's yeah. It's uh, a lot of things are done in the name of, uh, Oh yeah. The best interest of fill in the blank. Uh, a lot of things like that in college sports, uh, you know, Hey, can't talk to this player because he's needs to whatever. Yeah. So it's like, you know, we want to try to read the dealers and figure out who the quarterback's going to be. I, I don't know. Like it's, Good luck he, with that. He's, you know, he talked, said nice things about Gunnar Cruz. Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. 
what is we don't know that's the first no. time he's ever seen any of them play yeah i mean really like in a in a practice with pads like a couple of days ago first time he's seen like gunner cruz has never played a snap um i did Cameron didn't get hasn't gotten in a game never no no yeah and so nope it, yeah like these guys none of these guys besides the only one is the the walk-on transfer from north dakota state heck yeah like and so like he's the only one that's ever actually played college football before yeah i mean they're gonna you know the closest any of them have come is uh spring practice uh a year and a half ago yep like like that's that's as close spring the spring game a year and a half ago like that's that's as close as any of them have come so and that leads to the uncertainty too like I'm sure all those guys are talented. Like they were really talented guys, and, yeah. and before coming to WSU, yeah. they were they were well regarded recruits. Uh, yeah. All you know, all the three top scholarship guys were, and uh, so I, I have no doubt that they got the talent. But they're learning a brand new offense. They're they've never played in a game action. They're gonna have, you know, obviously it's it's I I, I doubt there's gonna be fans in the stands at Oregon State, um, but it, it's just gonna be you know basically like a you know like a, a, a high 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 stakes scrimmage so yeah. maybe that'll help with some of the the nerves i i actually i don't know like with like a, a young quarterback I, I, maybe starting on the road's a little better like i don't you kind of there's maybe some sort of the pressure is lifted off because you're not you know in in your comfort zone yeah. i don't know but yeah it, i i i don't know I don't know, man. That's I'm I'm really curious to see uh kind of how it affects you know these younger guys playing in a um playing in an empty stadium, but uh you know, I I think with a brand new quarterback, I think it definitely helps. Yeah. Um, you know, both from I I think there's a factor of obviously, you know, you go on the road and the crowd is loud and you're intimidated and all all the things you normally think of being on the road, but, um, you know, one of the things also being on the road that maybe people don't always think about is, you know, the communication piece, right? Like the communication from the coach to the, to the quarterback, from the quarterback to the lineman, and just kind of making sure everybody's on the same page, you know, when you're doing your adjustments at the line and blitz pickups and all that kind of stuff. And if, uh, you know, if you don't, have to fight with you know any kind of crowd noise you know i mean just communication's easier at that point right i mean like you could see the the you know a coach barking out from the sideline at the quarterback right like if the quarterback doesn't see something he's supposed to see you know you could almost shout it from the sideline and the quarterback could hear it you know so i i think in that respect it's definitely beneficial for a team um, you know, installing a new offense, uh, installing, you know, a new quarterback and, uh, yeah, I'm I, like you, I'm, I'm excited to see kind of what, what ends up out there. Uh, it's, it's kind of, I don't know, like on the one hand, my brain wants to think of this as a, uh, as a seven game, you know, preseason for next year, uh, when it, you know, is actually, actually going to count. But yeah. at the same time, I know once the games start being played, yeah, it's not going to feel like that. Yeah. I mean, if Oregon <laughs> state starts, you know, like running the ball up and down the field on us, I'm going to be pissed for sure. So, yeah. you know, yeah, it's I, not I can't gonna, help it. Yeah. No matter, no matter how you want to frame it in your mind, once they're playing that football, it's going to feel real. And it's, yep. you know, cause like you and I are both Seahawks fans. And oh there's, yeah. There's nobody oh in those God. stands, but those games are just as intense. And I right? mean, obviously, especially 
you know, this year, but like those games are just as intense. Uh, Sunday night had nobody in the stands, but yeah. that was, you know, watching on TV, like yeah. you were in it. And, and so I know that when WSU that, you know, k- kicks off, it's, you're just, it's going to feel like football again. Um, yeah. cause actually watching the, the other football, like it, like I've never been to, you know, any of those stadiums, I don't have any connection to them. It, it'll probably be weird. I don't know how, how feel if it feels weird for you as a Seahawks season ticket holder watching the watching and knowing that you know I could, I could have been there, but maybe maybe if I watch, um, I maybe if I watch like uh, you know when we when Oregon comes to Pullman, it'll be you know kind of weird because yeah. that's always a fun you know a fun game because the fans are usually more into it and we would we should have had a you know one of those home schedules that drew fans this year. Um, because we had Oregon and we had UW and we had uh, uh, gosh, it was another one. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, it's uh, it's tough. Uh, it's going to be tough, like when they play in Pullman. But at the same time, I don't know. Like I don't, I don't know how it's going to feel. I, I think that people are still going to try to go to Pullman. Unfortunately, oh for sure, for sure. People are going to show up and I don't know, maybe they'll try and sneak a peek, try and stand on top of the library or well, that, funny. Uh, that staircase, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. You know, in Cheney stadium, the, 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 the rain played their first game back there and then the defiance have been playing there. And like, you can go behind Foss high school and mm-hmm. there's like this like tree you can stand there and yeah. you can kind of see into it. And yeah. Like half a dozen people do that. Yeah. It's like, man, uh, yeah, that's, I mean, that stuff has been like, you know, like, ah, I wish I could be at the, the, those matches. Cause you know, I can just like walk to Cheney yeah. stadium. So I, I know I'll have some, some sadness watching that, yeah. that Oregon game. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, I don't know. I like, I'm pretty used to it at this point. I mean, and, and then, uh, I don't have the same thing you do where, you know, you go to almost all the games in, in Pullman. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I, I don't have, you know, for me in general, watching games is, is limited to, to TV anyway. And, um, and I think, you know, one thing I've sort of realized watching all these football games is that, uh, you know, because the, the camera, the way the camera is, you know, like 98% of the time, um, you know, the, the crowd is framed out anyway. Um, yeah. you're not, it's not like, it's not like the crowd is, is part of your, part of your viewing experience in general. Right. Uh, so I have found that it's football, I think is less weird than, um, than a lot of the other sports where, you know, so basketball playing in the bubble was weird. Like, cause you can definitely, when they're in arena, you can definitely see like the people sitting on the sidelines. And I mean, there's people everywhere. Uh, soccer, kind of the same deal. Cause you, that has to go so wide that there's really no way to avoid, you know, showing the crowd, but football, um, you know, the way the camera angles are, it's really just the field. And so, um, I think for a while, you know, I don't know, like you just kind of watch it and you, your brain thinks, you know, yeah, this is normal. And then, you know, like they'll, they'll go to a low angle or something on, uh, you know, after a play on a replay or something. And then of course that's, that's when you really see, okay, it's like, you know, completely empty or whatever. Uh, but I, I think football has been a little less weird 
watching during this uh yeah d- during all of this yeah definitely um and then there's definitely there's they're like playing crowd noise in the stadiums so that like at the, the nfl has like a decibel level that you can't go over or something yeah. i think it's like 70 decibels or something i i, yeah. I imagine that uh you know wsu and oregon state and stuff will be playing yeah. Uh, uh, sound in there as well when they're on defense. And... Yeah, do something. I don't know. Like, I mean, even the like the soccer teams, MLS teams have been piping in supporter noise. You know, yep. even just even just like, and it's not loud. It's just you know pretty low volume stuff. But but just to kind of just give a little bit of atmosphere so that it's yeah. not just you know an empty stadium. Um, but yeah, I yeah, I mean. <sighs> It'll be cool once it happens, you know, like, like I'm having a hard time talking myself into getting, you know, super interested. In, I mean, normally at this point, I'm I'm reading every practice report. I'm, I'm like devouring everything I can. I think part of the reason why I'm not I don't know. I mean, everything is weird. But, um, you know, we mentioned how none of the reporters can actually watch practice. So at that point, all we're really getting is coach and player interviews and I find those to have extremely limited value for right. me in terms of learning anything. Right. And, you know, Rolovich, the first, his first, after the first practice was, you know, seem the things he said seemed to, you know, really sort of put crews in front and, uh, you know, other days he said other things about other guys. And, you know, the thing that, um, that I always like to, to remind people and, I always like to try and remind myself is that anytime a coach talks to the media, they're not, they're not talking to you and me. Like they're not, they're not sending you and me a message. They're they're not talking out of the goodness of their heart because they really want us to know how the quarterbacks are doing, you know, right. like, like they're talking to the quarterbacks. So when Rolovich says something about a quarterback, um, he's ta- either talking to that quarterback or he's sending a message to another quarterback or whatever, but it's, uh, but that's that's the point of what he is saying. And so, you know, if he says that somebody had a good day, he's wanting to encourage that guy. If he said, wow, you know, I really liked how this guy did this thing. He's wanting to encourage that thing. If, you know, he says a couple nice things about one guy and may, about a couple guys and then uh, maybe doesn't say something nice about the third guy, um, <laughs> you know, then you can infer that maybe he's, you know, trying to motivate said guy. So, uh, you know, I, I try not to read too much into it. So I, so I haven't paid that much attention to most of what's been said. Um, like I said, just because I don't, I don't find it to have a, a ton of usefulness to me. I know there are some people who just, you know, they listen to those, they did like, you know, soak up every word and, and I, and I totally understand why just for me, I like to try and learn stuff if I'm going to watch something or listen to something. And, um, you know, it's why I like the practice reports typically because, you know, somebody's there watching. I mean, you could tell from Theo's reporting two years ago, that Gardner Minshew was going to win that job, right? Yep. Like, you know, despite Mike Leach saying over and over and over again that that it was neck and neck. And, and to be honest, it may it may have been more neck and neck than we realized because Anthony Gordon turned out to be pretty damn good. But right. uh, but for the most part, you know, it, it was pretty clear that it was it was heading toward Minshew and uh, the people watching practice could could pretty much see that. And and so, you know, in, in the absence of that, I, I you know whatever, I, I, I guess, I, I don't know. So we're a week into practice now and I'm not, I still am not, uh, not all that into it. And, and like I said, part of it is, you know, it's hard to take, um, it's hard to take too much of what's coming out of it seriously. And so that, that, that's probably the biggest thing for me. 
Yeah, and and I agree. Yeah, it's been in it's been hard, and it's going to be hard when we're writing our previews and and all that stuff. Yeah, I know. <laughs> just so much I sat down and did the preview schedule, and I'm just like, I have no idea what we're gonna say. <laughs> like, it's, I don't know. We'll just make shit up. Yeah, um, we'll just well, fabricate. Well, one player we know that will not be playing. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no longer a candidate for my defensive player feature. Um, is uh, Skylar Thomas, who, uh-huh. after entering the, the transfer portal and then coming back, is now transferring again. So <laughs> He's back in the portal. I didn't know you could go in and out and in and out of the, of the transfer portal, but yeah, apparently you can. I don't know, man. This whole thing doesn't make sense to me. Uh, yeah. None of these guys are having a year of eligibility counted against them. So if he's leaving... Uh, why? Right. Like if he had just stuck around and played, he's not going to burn a year of eligibility and then he could transfer at the end of the year. So why is he leaving now? Like, I don't, that doesn't make it like before when he went in, it made sense. Uh, he was one of a few guys who were like, yeah, I'm transfer portaling. Uh, the only one who actually left at the time or, or like really kind of left right away was Tay Martin. Right. Um, obviously landed on his feet at Oregon state or Oregon state, Ohio, Ohio state, Oklahoma Oklahoma State. state. The other OSU. God. Um, but, you know, Skylar Thomas, who, you know, to be charitable, was was bad last year, um, you know, came back. And I, I think we all sort of read that to mean like like there were not a lot of attractive options for him to leave. But that was when, uh, you know, when the team wasn't going to be playing. Well, now they're playing and now he's leaving. And I don't know, man, maybe he just, you know, lost his starting spot and is, is throwing a hissy fit. I don't know. But. Uh, I, I don't know what sort of good explanation there is for leaving right now. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, obviously the explanation is just, you know, doesn't want to be here anymore. And so, yeah, that's probably, it's probably that simple. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there was, and I, there, uh, there could be a million reasons for that. We, yeah, we don't know. Yeah. Um, there was, uh, like we saw that, you know, Cosmos Quit, Quit, uh, yeah. he, he landed at an FCF school in Arizona, Northern Arizona, but that's where his brother is playing. And that's so, where he was from. So that's he's where from he the Phoenix from. area yep. uh, when so, he came up here. So makes sense. So he's going to play in Flagstaff with his brother. Yeah, now, he's going to play know. with his and twin he's, brother, too. So, yeah, like, yeah. you know, they're probably yeah. – ex- you would you would assume very close. I'm sure he's going to destroy Big Sky <sighs> opponents, too. <laughs> Man, we could have used that guy. But. He's going to build up some very good lung capacity at 7,000 feet elevation <laughs> in Flagstaff, too. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Skylar Thomas leaving doesn't – I don't know. Like, like, does that make you feel any differently about the defense? It really doesn't to me. No, it's kind of funny when – which I, my ill-fated uh, NCAA uh, simulation, which um, now I've decided I'm going to run after the season um, <laughs> just to fill in some of that season gap because i actually have it set up but it took me a while and and, yeah and a little money to figure out how to do it but now i'm now i gotta get myself into video game streaming since i invested something in it but um, (laughs) i was kind of thinking maybe this was going to go the way of the top 10 kook center moments oh it definitely is headed that way but i i i i got it set up i'm gonna do it i just it doesn't feel it feels weird now that they're actually going to play games um so I'll do it as some off-season fun, and then I can yeah. kind of chain get the roster down right. Yeah, like, 
because um, it would have been weird. You know, I simulated a season with Cam and Cooper as a starting quarterback, and it turns out that Gunnar Cruz is a starting quarterback. <laughs> and, um, Skylar Thomas was on the roster, but it's kind of funny. Like, I, I made him decent, but not the, you know, like, you know, like the maybe like a rotating yeah. fourth safety. Yeah. But the game just always kicked him out of the depth chart. Like, yeah. it just always, like, no matter what, like, even the younger guys who had lower ratings would be on the depth chart over him. So, I don't know. Maybe the, the, the game knew the more. The game knows. The, the, NC, the game that was made in 2013 knew more about Skylar Thomas yeah. than I did. The algorithm knows. Yeah. The algorithm always knows. I think I would have been more afraid for the defense if Skylar Thomas had been starting again. Like, does that, does that kind of make sense? Yeah. Like, the fact that I know that he's not starting at least makes me think, all right, well, maybe, you know. Like, maybe that's another, yeah. <laughs> like, and it's not like guys can't get a lot better. Um, that's definitely happened. Like, uh, you know, guy, you know, makes a big jump from a junior to a senior. I mean, uh, another safety, right? Uh, Taylor, Telly, Te- oh, God. Yeah. God, like, I'm, I'm struggling tonight. Um you know, he had a really rough career and then was, you know, pretty serviceable, I think, as a senior. So, mm-hmm. I mean, those things do happen, but um, but it definitely I, I don't know, like I'm more hopeful with the idea that, OK, this new staff is, has found somebody a lot better to play safety <laughs> if, if yeah. Skylar Thomas isn't starting. So um, and, and I don't want to crap on the kid like um, I'm sure he's a very nice young man. But um, quite frankly, he he was not very good. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm it, you know. Hopefully he lands on his feet. I hope it's great for him. I uh, hope it works out. It sounds like just from uh, – uh, I don't know if Willie Taylor speaks for the entire defense, but uh, when he was asked about Skylar Thomas's departure, he said basically, uh, wish him well, and that was the end of the comment. <laughs> and, I, so. and I will say for Skylar Thomas's sake, he did make some pretty big plays in his time at WSU. Had some at pretty times. big pretty big interceptions. Yep. Uh, you know, I think of a really athletic one he made. I believe it was against uh, Cal um, in a in a close game in Gardner Minshew's year uh, in 2018. Uh, a really athletic uh, interception near the end zone, um, and uh, he made a couple other you know big big interceptions and stuff you know he was a guy that made plays he just a guy that wasn't consistently always where he needed to be so um i wish him the best uh yep. yeah it, it to me yeah it's obviously he doesn't want to be here because like you said he could have just played this season yeah, uh you'd have still, to really still really kept not his eligibility um yeah. yeah so i did want to talk about one other quote since you brought up a, a quote uh another quote from a, a couple days ago which I've, I found pretty funny was, um, and uh, we, we can kind of think back to uh, contrast of seasons here. So Abe Lucas, um, uh, quote, Theo Lawson is from a video, but I'm, I'm reading Theo Lawson's transcript, transcription of it. Um, I'm going to block for whoever. If we get the slowest QB or the fattest QB, I have to block for him. I have to shut up and do my job, but if I had my choice, yes, I prefer an athletic quarterback. Obviously, we saw the 2017 to 2018 um, kind of juxtaposition where I I can't remember the I, I can look up the exact totals, but I you know I think we went from giving up 50 some sacks to I think like 18 sacks, um, and it, the linemen didn't get that much better. Yeah, you know, like it wasn't suddenly you know they they were 
so much better. They were only giving up, uh, you know, one sack a game versus yeah. four sacks a game. It was you went from Luke Falk, a statue who also held on to the ball a little too long quite often, to Gardner Minshew, who is you know very mobile in the pocket and and uh, also obviously often quicker with his you know reads and stuff. So um, you can see where you know Abe Lucas. Uh, he didn't block for both of those guys, but um, uh, he, you know, uh, you can see where that sentiment comes from. It makes it, it makes you look a lot better when you, you, you lose your, you lose against your guy, but the quarterback gets out of it, doesn't give up a sack. And, and so you don't have that on your record that you didn't give up a sack and you look better for pro football focus or <laughs> whatever. You know. PFF's like our number one graded pass protector. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, that'll definitely be great. I do think that early on, uh, you know, we may want to temper some of that uh, just because I, I think given the nature of the run and shoot, I'm just assuming that there will be some moments of paralysis in the pocket, right, where yeah. uh, the quarterback thinks they're seeing one thing and then all of a sudden they see another or they think they're seeing one thing and the wide receiver sees something different and breaks off the route and goes the wrong direction. Um, so I think we'll either have a situation where, you know, guys are maybe throwing, you know, more interceptions than, than we like, or, you know, they just, they maybe look like Luke Falk back there. They're trying to pull the trigger, but they're, they're not seeing things clearly. So, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll just like to correct myself. 44 sacks in 2017, 13 in 2018. Yeah. Um, yeah, so quite a, quite, quite a drop. Um, yeah. and, so yeah, like uh, I thought that was funny, and I, I think all of the guys on the roster are you know closer to Minshew in terms of athleticism than to Falk. Yeah. Although I do remember when Falk was a sophomore, he did move a little more. He wasn't quite the statue, but I think he had had quite a few injuries by the time his senior yeah. year hit, and he wasn't yeah. he wasn't moving around much. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. Football, man. Uh, we oh, one more thing we didn't talk about. Obviously, there's that crossover game at the end of the year. Um, I'm just gonna go ahead and I'm gonna go out on a limb and say WSU is not going to be in the Pac-12 championship game. <laughs> How dare you? Um, you know they they were picked last. We can say that. Uh, you know that I it's I I consider that in the realm of possibilities uh, that they would finish last. Yeah, that's um, yeah, not. Crazy. I don't think it's a crazy, and I also think if WSU looks like there may be uncertainty, they're always going to get picked last. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. There's, there's no, like if if I think we thought it was weird I, a, a couple of years ago, and or it was like last year they they were actually picked pretty decently for WSU even after losing Minshew. So you're like, okay, there was actually some you know belief in the program, but we've lost that. We don't we have you know a totally new program now. And so, obviously, if that happens, it's going to everyone. Every writer is going to default to what they know, and it's that WSU has the you know the least amount of resources, whatever, blah blah blah, and they're going they're going to the bottom. Um, but so, all the other teams that aren't in the tra- championship game um, will be playing crossover games the next day. Uh, it, it's going to be interesting how they determine those ma- matchups, but. Uh, do you think it's going to be like a two versus two, three yeah, versus I, three, four versus I, four? I would assume that's what it's going to be. 
Yeah, I'd be really surprised if it wasn't because you're you're gonna have one versus one in the in the championship game, right? Right. So, uh, so it makes sense to go, you know, two versus two, three versus three on down, um, which means that we, you know, depending on how we finish, you know, we may be uh, make a chance against like Arizona, Arizona, <laughs> or Colorado. If they're so. going, and, and I, I'm going to be, it's going to be interesting to see how they determine where those matchups are. Like, yeah, I think I, I can't. Like, it's it's so funny. I, I can't remember exactly where we were. I, we were four or five, four home, five away last year in for the schedule, right? Yep. So we should have been five four this year. Right. So I wonder if, but I get, but I guess the team you're playing could have also been in that situation. So yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's going to coin flip, or, or maybe they'll determine it through record or or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That, that coin flip. Be, I don't know. That should be kind of fun, though. Maybe it's uh, just take them to neutral sites. Yeah, you know? yeah. That would they're be all dumb. just playing. Wait, is the Pac-12 championship game in Vegas this year? It is, is in it? Vegas. Yeah, okay. yeah. Let's just all play them yeah. in Vegas. Just yeah. a full day of football. <laughs> it's like a little bubble. Dude, that just, is the best idea ever. They just start at nine a.m. It's like so March go, Madness. So how many how many games? So you need five games. So you can go nine, twelve, thirty, four. No, that's not gonna work. Shit. That would be. Uh, I mean, that would be crazy. Yeah. That would and be you fun. could do them on Friday too. Like you could do. Okay, so the Pac-12 championship game is at yeah, you, you know, could five do one, o'clock or whatever, you, right? You could do a couple before. You could do yeah, yeah so five o'clock. You could do a, a pre. A, a, do a do one game leading up to it on Friday. Do do like three and versus then play three. four games on Saturday. Yeah, do three versus three before one versus one. Then start Saturday morning with you know six versus six, and then we'll then we go into the primetime game is two versus two, and in between is five versus five and four versus four. You know, Can so you go, imagine the condition of that field after six games in like 48 hours? No, there's no way. There's no <laughs> way the Raiders would let that happen. They would not let and that happen. And the Raiders happen. are coming in on Sunday like, yeah. what the hell? What the hell happened here? <laughs> yeah, there's Still. no way the Raiders. But, you know, maybe they could Maybe they could play some of the games at uh, – at, uh, at the UNLV, UNLV stadium, UNLV stadium. Yeah, you know, whatever. let's just have a little, uh, let's have a little powwow. Yeah. yeah that'll be interesting. Um, it would be funny if on December 19th, Arizona had to come to Pullman. That would be funny. That would be super funny. Yeah. Yeah. I assume that's how they're going to do it, but who knows how they decide who plays where? I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? We'll yeah. see. I, I, it's 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 kind of a fun thing. I I hope they do it again after this year. After yeah. this not weird year. Just always do it. It's yeah, fun. I uh I do I do too. Like I, I wish they would do it. Um I think there's a logistical a logistical component to it. Um not in the sense of traveling to play a game on short notice. I mean obviously the teams in the in the championship game do that. It's you know, it's obviously doable. Well in the in, in the original championship game they played in the home. Yeah. Stayed which is what for like four years they still should be doing, but yeah, which that's is neither here nor there. Um, right. But I, I, I think the other piece though is like you know the championship weekend on the television is is a pretty big deal for the broadcast partners uh, right. to be able to do all the all the championship games. And there's no um, other games competing. There's no other games competing with it. So, um, so I don't I don't know that those 
networks would be super jazzed up to have a whole bunch of potentially meaningless games. But at the same time, uh, I don't know that television broadcasters have ever turned down inventory. So right. uh, they'd probably find a place to put it and figure out a way to do it. And, um, you know, I think that'd be a pretty slick and easy way to get to a, you know, to get to a 13 game season. And then also, you know, from a, uh, you know, when we think about trying to get another team into, um, you know, potentially into a, a better bowl game, right. Yeah. You know, trying to get into those uh, New Year's Six games. I don't know. You could very easily set it up so that, you know, you're uh, like, like again, do the do the one plays one, two plays two. And, you know, and really try to, you know, beef up somebody. Or you could even just, you know, flip it around the other way. Two plays six. Two plays six. Yeah. yeah and then just kind of go that way and give them another chance to, to pick up another victory. And Or what um, if they did like so. a lineup? Like you two, you, you pick who you play. Ah, Three, you picky, you have play. a little draft. <laughs> oh, I love that. That I, I'm trying to remember. Somebody mentioned that as a as a way to revamp like the NBA playoffs. Like, yeah, if you're the number one seed, you get to pick from all the other playoff teams who your opening opponent is, and then uh, if you're the number two seed, then you get to pick from whoever's left. And yeah, like that would be fun. All right. Well, um, uh, yeah, I guess. I guess we've probably talked that to death. Let's uh, yeah. let's take a break, then we'll come back <laughs> and we'll and we'll talk about hoops. Yeah, hoops. We're back. We're back. Back. So I I heard the crack of a can earlier. Hell so yes, I you think did. you're drinking something, Jeff. I am. I am. Well, as we as we talked about last time we recorded, it is fresh hop season, and it so is this is. This is the uh, uh, and this from a brewery that I know is near and dear to your heart as a native uh, Yakimite. Is that what it is? Is it a Yakimite? I have no idea. Yeah, Yak- Yakima, Yaka, Yakaman. Yakaman. I think it's like a Yakaman. Yakaman. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, this from Single Hill Brewing. Ah, uh, uh, yes. Near and dear to me too, because that's where we uh, recorded from last year when we went to the Fresh Hop Festival. One of the founders um, is a Coog. Yeah, go Cougs. Um, this is the Skyfinder Fresh Hop Hazy IPA, and I'm going to be super honest and say this is one of the best beers I've had in quite some time. Excellent. I just, uh, I think I got that one today. Yeah. I yeah got this a couple, is really good. I got a really, couple really, freshies really from them that I plan on drinking this weekend. That's great. It's good to hear. Yeah. So I love this. Uh, you know, the color is a nice, like, almost kind of peach hazy color. Um, and it just like, yeah, uh, outstanding, outstanding beer. Uh, so, and I also got, I don't know, I got another single hill last, uh, same time. It was, uh, lateral a or ecstasy of green or yeah, I'm trying to remember. I'll have to look. Uh, it was a double IPA. I do remember that. Uh, oh, it was science box. That's what it was. Science box. Science yeah. box 2.0. The colorful one. Yeah. Yep. That was fantastic too. So. Um, yeah, lots of good beers around right now. I mean, I had, let's see, I got, I picked up a, a four pack of, uh, of the field to ferment from, uh, from Fremont. Right. And then their latest head full of dynamite too is, is the best of it's like whatever it is number 22 or whatever. Um, I think is the best one of those I've had in nice. a while. So yeah, lots of really, really, really good beers out there right now. Nice, yeah. I, uh, I, I, I just wanted to, you know, take a walk, and uh, I walked up to 
uh, Peaks and Pints, a store near me, um, and just didn't really have any, you know, didn't, I don't really need any beer, but I just, you know, I bought, I ended up buying a bunch of fresh hops and I think on Saturday I'll, I'll, uh, I'll have a few of those and, yeah. uh, the stoop fresh hops have been really good. This oh yeah. Year. I got one of those in the fridge too. Like with the skull on the face. Yeah. On it? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So they remember, I think I've told you this last time. If you look at the bottom of the can, it tells yep. you what hop they yep. use. Yeah. Yep. So I picked up the mosaic and Chinook today. I'm really excited about that. I, I picked up a couple of the fresh hop single hills. Not that one, I don't think, uh, or maybe it, maybe it was that one. I, the one I really wanted to get was Ecstasy of Green, but they didn't have it. Um, but they, but yeah, the, I, I picked up uh, uh, and, uh, some other great beers. I'm really excited. Uh, Stephanie, if you're listening, I'm bringing them over um, on Saturday after we go to the pumpkin patch um, and take cute pictures of our kids. Uh, and then, but I am drinking a beer that is kind of a classic for me, um, a callback uh, to my time in Vermont. Um, was probably my favorite beer from one of my favorite, possibly my favorite brewery in Vermont um, when I lived there. And the brewery is called Lawson's Finest Liquids. Mm. And the beer is called Hopzilla. Uh, so uh, Lawson's, when I lived in, it was this tiny, tiny brewery when I lived in Vermont. And the only way you could get their beer was they would do, you either have to drive to, uh, warren the town that they were in and they had it at the warren there's obviously this little quaint little very quintessential you know looking uh vermont town with like with little you know like a little general store type thing in it and they had their beer there but otherwise they distributed it to like three different stores in the rest of vermont and i would drive to get their kind of their flagship double ipa is called double sunshine and i would wait to see like if you know, uh, one of the places, one of the three places that had it would like put on their Instagram or put on Twitter or whatever that they got it. And I would just like get in my car and rush to get like two bottles of IPA, like, which is nuts to me now, like to do that. But, but this particular Hopzilla one, I remember Lawson's had an event at, when I lived in Burlington at, at this, uh, beer bar and, and, I was drinking beer after beer and this one just stood out to me. Like it's, it's this big double IPA. Um, it's kind of this trans, I call it Lawson's had a lot of these beers that were kind of the transition period from, uh, these big bitter IPAs, like of the stone, um, era, like in, in the late 2000s, uh, like 2008, 2009, and to where they were making these big IPAs, but they were using the modern hops like Citra and, and stuff and, and doing a lot of dry hopping. And, and it wasn't about the bitter back end. It was more about like of a balanced hop profile with kind of a, a lighter malt profile. And so this is like this is definitely it's a clean IPA. It's not a hazy IPA. Um, uh, it, it's it's just a big beautiful double IPA, but it's very easy to drink. It's it's much more balanced than a hazy IPA would be, in terms of you get a little bit more malt, but it's kind of this sweet malt that just plays so well. Um, similar to way their their double sunshine that was also one of my favorite beers. Um, Hopzilla was just so rare to come across when I lived in there. Like I probably only had it like three times maybe in my time in Vermont, but every time I would like order multiple, like give me more of that every, cause it was mostly, I'd just find it on tap one. And, and occasionally they would do a big sale, 
um, in in Waitsfield, this town next to them, where they basically they would show up at farmer a farmers market once once every two months, and they would sell a bunch of their beer at that farmers market, and it would just be like that was my first beer line, like it was just like yeah. lines at like seven in the morning, like just to people to get, and I didn't even know like I wasn't into like I didn't know that people lined up for beer at that time, I didn't, know. and so I'd show up and it'd be in this big <laughs> line, and and I wouldn't max out my allotments, you know, I would just go, oh, I just want one of those and one of those. And, I'm not here to spend a hundred dollars on beer. What are you crazy? No, but um, so I'd buy like five beers, and there's people hauling out like cases of it. Like what? The and they're looking at you like, just what? Is one? That, what? That guy waited live for two hours to buy five to get beers? one beer. Yeah, right. But Hopzilla, I think I got once in a bottle. Um, I definitely got it. Uh, I, I remember I'd find it on tap a couple times, but I just loved it. Like I loved it, and so I was just. Um, I was, uh, it was a couple weeks ago. I was just uh, on, you know, I was had, had a couple beers on a Friday. I was just like scrolling through Instagram on my phone and I had this sponsored post from some beer store in New York that uh, Hopzilla was like on it. And I was like, oh, weird. And so I clicked through and they had Hopzilla, which they now have in cans. Um, this like green can with a monster, like a Godzilla looking creature holding, um, holding a giant hop cone. Uh, it's a pretty cool can, but, uh, but they, um, they were uh, in there, uh, they were selling Hopzilla. And so I bought, uh, like six of them. Um, I loaded up on some other beer just to make the shipping worth it. And, and, uh, um, I got really excited and it showed up, uh, while we were in Leavenworth and I was like, I was like, my mom was house sitting. I was like, hey, as soon as that comes in, please put all yeah. those beers in the fridge. Straight like, into the fridge. Like, you have to sign for a package. Open that package up. Put it in the fridge. You can have one of them. Cause, yeah. You know, you deserve it. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I've been really excited. I've You know, I've been slowly drinking through them. Um, this is, I think, my second to last one. So I thought, you know, I don't know whenever I'll get to have a loss. In sp- this is one of my, you know, all-time, one of my bre- beers, like one of the breweries that really got me. Um, beyond the grocery store beer sort of, uh, um, you know, thing and, and got me into like, there are beers that you can rarely find that are very much worth seeking out. And so, um, I, I always, uh, they were very much a Vermont brewery. They're very cool. And, um, highly recommend if you're in the Northeast and see their beer somewhere, like to check them out. And, um, or if you go to Vermont, uh, I think they have a bigger facility that you can actually visit now. Uh, that's why they're able to can these beers and, and, and all that stuff. But, but yeah, so I'm, I'm really enjoying it. It's very much a throwback to like 2011 for me, the types of IPAs that I would just crush when pretty much almost all I would drink was IPAs, um, that I would just crush all the time. And, uh, and yeah, it's kind of, like I said, it was like a transition to the hazies cause it'd be, it, it lessened the bitterness more about dry hopping, more about aroma. And then that kind of led to the hazies where they almost took away all the bitterness and they gave it these hazy bodies and, and all this stuff. But yeah, Hopzilla, Lawson's Finest Liquids. Awesome. Um, but I guess we can go back to Cougar sports now. No, nah, let's keep talking about beer. Yeah. No, nah, people probably want to listen to us talk about basketball. Yeah, you can you can uh, you can stop hitting the plus thirty second now. <laughs> we're we're done. Now you're gonna have to rewind fifteen seconds to get yep. back to because you skipped too far. No, but yeah. So um, basketball, basketball, like they're starting practice tomorrow. I yeah. think something Kyle's, like that. Kyle Smith had a Zoom call with uh, 
media yesterday or yeah. today. When I say tomorrow, we're talking like Thursday. Yeah. Because we're recording this on Wednesday night. So like October the day 14th. that you're listening, the day that you're listening to this or yeah. the day before you listen yeah. to it. I don't know. The, they'll probably be practicing when you're listening to it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, they're, um, they're, it's it's happening. It's beautiful. Oh, uh, it's very exciting. It's actually starting, you know, relatively on time. Yeah. I mean, uh, in theory, maybe. they're going to have what something resembling a real season. Yeah. Yeah. So. And then, you know, obviously the, the schedule is uh, going to be thrown together over the next couple of weeks um, or over the next month, I guess. Uh, I've, sometimes I forget what, what day it is. Uh, um, but yeah. Uh, so right now uh, they, they're going to host a, a, a multi-team event in MTE, Jeff. Yes. I've become um, familiar with the term MT, the acronym MTE. Lately. Yeah. We we used to know those as holiday tournaments, yeah. but apparently they are now MTEs. Yeah, multi team events. But so Thanksgiving week, uh, which I have, I just took the whole dang week off this year. Which you all, you probably get off for school. Or, yeah, I get I, about I half the week off. But yeah, so I'm you know all the basketball the, throw it out there. But yeah, so they're they're expecting a twenty. I think the twenty fourth and twenty sixth. Uh, they they they're gonna host three other teams i think for a, yeah. a multi-team event so they'll probably play a couple of them uh yeah um so that'll be that'll be the way they kick it off uh december 2nd their first pac-12 game uh if if you may remember uh the pac-12 is going to move to a 20 games uh conference schedule and so there were going to be these december um conference games uh and so december 2nd will be the first conference game and against guess who oregon state um <laughs> that's funny yeah <laughs> um so yeah so and then there's uh i think talk of like a, a late december game against eastern so they have there are games that that will be happening we know for sure yep and that's pretty exciting obviously we lost cj but um there's still you know, a heck of a lot of exciting uh, new talent coming yeah. to the program. No, like super exciting. Uh, you know, as we, we've talked, you know, pretty endlessly about about the recruiting class and, and about what the staff was able to do there and uh, the talent they were able to bring in. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what they're able to do uh, with so many young guys. Um, in, a, in, a, in a lot of ways, it's not all that different than – um, you know, in the situation with football, right? I mean, we don't have a new coach, so that's good. But uh, but you are bringing in a whole bunch of new players, and, and not just uh, you know, uh, you know, talented kids who are going to be able to kind of ease their way in. They're going to play. Um, you know, the young guys are going to play. Uh, there's definitely minutes available for guys. I mean, I I, I think yeah. you know, as we especially as, with the departure of CJ. especially with the departure of CJ. So. Um, so you look and you go, okay, so who are the guys who are probably guaranteed to play, you know, pretty significant minutes. Um, and, and I think the list is Isaac Bonton and Tony Miller. Right. I think that's the list <laughs> of guys who are pretty much guaranteed to play heavy minutes. Um, some people might say Noah Williams. Um, I think some of that's going to hinge on, you know, how much his shot has developed uh, because. And I think it might hinge on how much, if they need him to run point yeah. as well. Yeah. So 
Um, you know, some of that's going to kind of depend on, you know, maybe whether Noah Williams has, has taken a, a little bit of a step forward with his game. Um, but I mean, he's got, he's going to have some competition, you know, I mean, yep. you've got, uh, obviously we've talked, you know, a lot about, uh, Andre Yakimovsky, uh, you know, probably, you know, the highest rated guy, uh, to sign with us since Clay Thompson, um, which yeah. is a pretty, there's big a deal. spot open at wing, right? <laughs> yeah. It's, there is a spot open at wing. Um, you know, and, and so he'll play, I'm sure, you know, play quite a bit, um, you know, it it just kind of depends on how I think a lot of it depends on how the point guard situation shakes out. Yep. Um, I think it really depends on is Isaac Bonton your point guard or do they find someone else who can run the point while Bonton moves off the ball? I think the preference would be to have Bonton moving off the ball. Yes. Uh, you know, because he's not a real natural point guard um, and that's not a knock on him. That's just he's he's a scorer. That's yep. I think anybody who watched the team, I think, would know that. Um, that he, he obviously prefers, uh, to shoot. He prefers to score. Um, that's really his skill set. Um, and while he's a, he's a competent passer, um, he's not a great passer and not a great ball handler in the sense of taking care of the ball. So, um, you know, and, and again, maybe that improves and maybe he can run the point, but I, I do get the sense that the, the preference would be to find somebody else who could do the majority of the ball handling, um, and let him, you know, work his way around off the ball because there's going to be lots and lots and lots of shots available uh, with CJ gone. So, yep. um, you know, I, th- I think it'd be nice to to be able to maybe get uh, Bont on the ball in spaces where uh, maybe scoring's a little little advent like a little advantageous for not scoring. off the dribble all the time. Yes, rather than you know. pull ups and. Yeah. Uh, you know, trying to force his way into traffic or whatever, which, you know, we went over that a lot last year where, you know, he, he took a lot of guff for that, but to be honest, it's someone uh, had to do it. Yeah. Someone had to do it. He didn't have a lot of options. So, um, but yeah, it's uh, you know, outside of those two guys uh, really, everything's kind of up in the air. I think even the front court, you know, is up in the air. Uh, you know, Mark Ovetsky is obviously the, the incumbent um, at center, but you know, Abajidi and uh, um, oh, Deshaun Jackson. Sorry, yeah. man, I'm having a hard time with names tonight. This is what happens when we don't podcast often enough. I'm like, all my smooth like transitions and name remembrances are messed up. But yeah, I, I think any of those guys. Honestly, I would not be shocked if uh, if Markovetsky was not the starter. Not because um, there's anything you know wrong with him or anything like that, but. Um, you know, like, like a guy like, for example, Abajidi brings, uh, just a different, just a different kind of athleticism to the front court. You know, Markovetsky is, uh, you know, a really nice player, uh, especially defensively, you know, does a lot of things protecting the rim, but, um, you know, it's not the kind of guy who Matt is going to match up with the most athletic players, um, in the mm. conference. So and you can throw the, you can throw the backdoor oops to Abajidi. Yeah. Which you can't really do with <laughs> with no. Markovetsky. So, uh, yeah, I, I think everything's very wide open and, you know, as, as Smith said in his, his conference call today, you know, I mean, they're going to, they're going to defend and they're going to take care of the ball and they're going to rebound. And, um, those are the guys that they're going to look at. So, you know, one interesting name that came up and, and curious to see what you think about this, but, um, you know, one of the, the I would say probably the least heralded recruit, uh, is TJ Bamba. And that was a name mm-hmm. that came up right away from uh from kyle smith as a guy who who may play immediately so um i found that yeah. pretty interesting yeah and, I, and i'll say he, he's at least heralded but there was still some impressive things about him and 
again, he's a six five point guard. So, I mean, you you love that automatically. So if he's good, like then that's a that's great. And yeah, we yeah he came up as a a guy that is more likely to have the best chance of starting. Um, he obviously be competing with like Ryan Rapp uh, for minutes. Um, and uh, but yeah, you know, six five two oh eight coming as a freshman guard is pretty cool. Yeah, you know? I don't know if you watched any of his video from last year, but um, yeah, physically developed, definitely, you know, maybe the most physically ready um, guard in this class for sure. Like like he's he's ready. Well, like, yeah, you're talking about he's it. he is twenty pounds heavier than Noah Williams. Yeah, and Noah Williams has been in a college program for a year. <laughs> so like he's he's a built dude like even if you just look at his little his little like uh his little headshot you know he's got the neck he's got the shoulders like he's he's you know he's he's at least going to be able to handle the you know banging with guys down low he does not look 18 we'll yeah. just say that so I'm, I'm hoping that translates to uh and and i'm guessing these are the type of guys that smith is looking for but i'm hoping that translates to a, a, a solid defensive guard um you know because we saw that you know with a guy like rap the same way that the length just makes such a difference um on defense yep and to to be able to check the other team's point guard with another with a six five yep. guy is is just you know automatically a bonus and, yep. and especially if he's strong enough to actually you know you know bump with guys so yeah I, it, it's it, it's interesting um you know, I we can kind of look. We have the roster now with the weights. Uh, I think you and I were marveling at uh, Jazz Koontz's, uh, uh I think what about thirty pound, uh, about thirty pound jump in weight. Yeah, like yeah. two twelve. So Jazz has been in, been lifting, but he's been in that. Uh, if if it's open, I guess in the nutrition center, put, yeah. putting down putting down meals. Yeah, uh, he was listed at one ninety eight last year, so it's about okay, a fifteen. So it's about fifteen tw- pounds, but still, yeah. that's significant. It is very hard to gain fifteen pounds when you're an athlete. Yeah, it really is. Like <laughs> that's why you know people always want to like Robbie Calgill to gain weight. It's like yeah, so not as easy happen, as it sounds. What would happen? He'd try to gain weight, but then you you burn so many calories yeah. every day. Like you, you have, they're like, Oh, he's eating 7,000 calories. Well, yeah, he's burning 5,000 calories right. every day. So Playing like, basketball and yeah. Like just, else. just, yeah. Yeah. So, so it's only so much you can gain, you yeah. know, and plus you got to try to gain the right way. Yeah. I mean, they're not sitting around drinking beer all day. Like you and me. During yeah. Quarantine. It's, it's not, it's not sitting right above the belt, you know, <laughs> That's, but I would say that, like the pictures I've seen of Koontz, uh, yeah, it looks legit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's definitely in the arms, and yeah, I mean, it looks yeah. like he's he's added something. And 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 I'll be really honest, I mean, uh, you know, I, I think there was a sense that under Ernie Kent, uh, like how do I like how do I put this gently, like uh, I'm not sure everybody was working as hard to be awesome as they needed to work, and I don't know that that was necessarily on. Um, you know, on the players, you know, like, like, I don't know that I look at, you know, jazz Koontz and go, why weren't you working harder? Like, he seems like a good kid. Um, but it just seemed like there was kind of an ethos around the program of, uh, maybe not doing all the things that needed to be done to be successful. And so, um, it would not shock me if there was uh, a lot more of an emphasis on that, um, 
you know, with, with the new coaching staff and, you know, really, really getting guys uh, motivated to, uh, you know, put in the work and, you know, Koontz was, was one of those guys, you know, who was, who was stuck here, right. During, uh, uh, when, when everything went crazy with COVID, you know, he, yep. he couldn't go he home. Couldn't, couldn't go home. So, yeah. and I know that the facilities were closed, but, um, I'm sure that, you know, he figured out ways to, to, to get his work in and Pullman. I'm sure the coaching staff was in close contact with him. So, um, yeah, yeah doesn't shock me there. Well, I'm thinking, yeah. I, I mean, honestly, if, if, Last year, you have to bang against Markovetsky all day in practice. Yeah. Like at, at, at some point, you got to be motivated to be like, "This hurts, and I need to be able to put push back a little bit." Well, and he against... lost all his minutes, you know, yep. as the season went he along. Did. Like yep. he just couldn't physically compete in the Pac-12. Well, and he wasn't he wasn't hitting outside shots, and yeah, that was... that was part of it too. But like, you know, you can't. Again, you know, Smith's like, look, we're going to we're going to defend. We're going to rebound and we're going to take care of the ball. Well, Koontz just could not rebound. Like yeah. he just yeah, he, I think just I think Koontz, Koontz is probably a plus defender, but he's just not a good rebounder. And he's a smart, you know, smart guy with the ball. You know, he moves the ball and if he can hit some threes, then you're in good shape. But but he was just getting, you know, murdered on the glass. I mean, he was his uh, let's see his defensive rebounding percentage for the year was 15 percent. But if you give me five He's seconds, a four though. Five, yeah. So. If you give me five seconds, yeah. So that's not good for a four. And then beyond that, let me look at his conference games. Da, da, da. Okay, it was fourteen point seven percent in conference games too. So it was about the same, but still. That's um, not. Yeah, that's, that's not, not good. good. For, like that's for bad. A, for that's, a guy who primarily plays the four and sometimes yes. the five. That's legitimately bad and. Uh, by comparison, Noah Williams was at, uh, 13%. So he's right. he playing you're, a two or three usually so. Gervais Robinson was at 11.3%. Um, so to play the four and only rebound that much, uh, you're is, the closest to the basket. Yeah. Is, is not good. Um, Tony Miller, <laughs> Tony Miller was only at 12%, but, um, that's kind of a different situation. With yeah. him. Jeff six, Pollard six. was 10.9%. Also a different situation. Yeah. Jeff Pollard was eight percent in conference, eight. Eight. I, 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 I'm guessing that Jeff Pollard was <laughs> never ever actually asked to jump after. No, I don't think so. I don't. Jeff think Pollard so. was just supposed to get in the way of everyone else. His job was to rebound. box out. That was it. Don't even try to jump. Just, just box out, man. Just, I, I would, you know, if we got the coaching staff over a couple beers and we were like, be honest. <laughs> They would, I, I'll bet that would be the answer that they were just like, yeah, we just told him to box out. Like, like we didn't, we didn't even ask him to go for the ball. We were just like box out. CJ Ellaby swoops in. I mean, CJ was the second best defensive rebounder in the conference. So, yeah. uh, you know, CJ swoops in from the three point line. Which grabs maybe, the rebound maybe and, that's, maybe that's part of jazz's numbers too. You know? Like, yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Probably, but I mean, I think, you know, we, both of us believe in numbers, but we also use our eyes and, uh, and the eyes, the eyes were pretty clear that he was, he was getting, I mean, the the 198 pounds was very clear. Like when he's, when he's having to play against guys that are 198 might've even been generous. Yeah. Well, I I think 212 will be generous by the time, you know, 10 games. That's possible. It's really hard for these guys to keep those weights up in the actual season. Yeah, it's possible. Because you're not lifting as much. You're not just gorging yourself all the time because you actually have to play basketball games. Like, you're not 
you're not going to wake up in the morning and eat 5,000 calories when you have to play a basketball game right. in the middle of the day. So, right. Um, yeah. So it's, I don't know. It's going to be interesting again. We, we, we t- I'm, I'm really excited for basketball uh, pro- at this moment more than for football. I think just because of, we can kind of talk about this now is what we've seen in the, obviously college football has been going on for a month basically now uh you know almost a month uh most teams most teams have been playing have been played three maybe four games already yeah three games uh, this week this is basically week four yeah so uh we we've it's it's been pretty normal for them like they're on a pretty normal schedule uh you know we we've seen uh them playing obviously in conference games mostly obviously you have the exceptions like BYU is an independent Notre Dame um but yeah it's been pretty interesting to watch this play out we were talking about it earlier how you know maybe it, it perhaps maybe the weirdness has led to some different results that you would not expect obviously the the most glaring different result is i don't think any of us expected mike lee should do so well in his first game because we saw what happened in his first game at wsu <laughs> yeah. um did and not then, go well and then but then he kind of got back on schedule all those mississippi fans are are just having the same season that we did in 2012 that is having it a week late um, I know we just didn't get the benefit of having Bo Pelini coach the defense against us in that first game. Bo P- Bo Pelini, who 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 would you take right now, Bo Pelini or Alex Grinch? Oh my God, Alex Grinch in a heartbeat. <laughs> like, sorry, I uh, at least I, I don't know, man. I don't uh, know why I take some because you know Alex Grinch on the balance did a great job at WSU. Yeah. But Alex Grinch had some games where his defenses just oh, yeah. fell up. Oh yeah, no doubt. And and there's some you take some satisfaction when you see Oklahoma's defense just fall apart. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. it's it's a little bit like yeah. So it's just like when you see like Mississippi State have a shitty game, you're like, yeah, that's yeah, that, that happens. Been like, there. Know I know. Like I'm seeing uh, the, one of the great. I, I tweeted this out the other day. I'm like, it is endlessly entertaining watching Mississippi state get the Mike Leach experience in real time. Like just like all of it, um, the highs, the lows, the uh, stuff like, you know, Leach showing up, you know, 35 minutes late to his press conference. Like, Which I mean, they'll learn like is just standard is like, normal. The, yeah. yeah he's like, normal. Um, and so I'm just like, I'm watching all of this and I'm just like laughing and it's just, uh, it's, it's great. You know? And, and again, you know, we're seeing all the tweets of, well, gee, I guess now we have the blueprint for beating the air raid. Just rush three and drop eight, and all, that's all you got to do to stop the air raid. And I'm just, I'm laughing and laughing. Well, yeah, eleven oh. teams, eleven teams, and or twelve teams in in uh, in the Pac-12 tried to do that every year. Yeah, and really only one consistently succeeded. Yeah, maybe two. Uh, you could put probably Cal. In yeah, that. Cal, Cal. The yeah. last couple of years, you could put them yeah. in that. Yeah. Uh, Utah obviously executed it well last year. But yeah, you know, you know, their defensive line was just yeah. So, I don't uh, know, it was the nuts, the yeah. common thread there is that those were like the three best defenses in the conference. Weird, I know yeah. that good defenses might you know play well against an offense, but um, you know it was funny too. I was listening to I was listening to uh, ESPN Daily podcast the other day, and Ryan McGee did a did a story on Leach uh, after after the win against LSU. 
uh, it just basically like kind of like, hey, you know, can the air raid be successful in the SEC? Which, of course, is oh, the SEC is some sort of like, you know, big, uh, you know, uh, you know, this this is like, you know, the final exam for something. Right. If it, if it can't like, succeed also, in the SEC. Also, by the way, the air raid started in the SEC. Yeah. Like, like it's not, in it's terms not real. of major college football. Exactly. It started in the SEC. Like somehow yeah. it's not real if it can't <laughs> succeed in the SEC. So like the whole premise of it was just sort of like maybe want to barf. But. Um, you know, I'm listening to this interview and, and another thing that made me want to just sort of barf was, um, you know, it was the interview was recorded. The, the story was written before the Arkansas game, but the interview was recorded after the Arkansas game. So you had, you know, they oh. lit up LSU <laughs> and then the Arkansas game happens. And of course, they lose that game. Don't score a lot of points. And um, and he goes, well, now, you know, the blueprints out there for the SEC. And I'm like, the blueprints out there now, motherfucker. Like, like he's been running that offense for eight damn years. Like anybody, well, all, he's been running I'm just like, for what 20 the fuck? years. Like, do, do things, like, I'm so mad about this. Like, like, like do things original? like if it doesn't happen in the SEC, it's like a tree that falls in the forest and nobody's there. Like if it doesn't happen in the SEC, it doesn't actually exist. Like people have been doing this in the pac 12 for eight years. Like, you know, they've tried to rush through. I mean, look. Oregon has tried to rush three and drop eight for years and years and years. And we have shredded Oregon over and over and beaten them over and over. Right. Like right. we damn near beat them this year. Right. And so it's like, well, last year, whatever year it is. And it's a, you know, it's, this is not new. It's not new. So, you know, it's number one, it's not a shock that teams finally figured out, okay, let's drop back in zone and try and gum things up. Number two, it's not a shock that KJ Costello is having a shitty time trying to figure it out. Um, and it's not a surprise that when yeah, we saw Jeff tool and Connor holiday yeah, trying to figure this out, like we've been year. there, you know, we watched this happen you when know, the when, guys were open all the time against LSU. It was pretty yeah, fucking easy. I mean, if, but like, if you're just going to play man to man and let people outrun people then, every yeah. goddamn down. Yeah. Bo Polizzi's, Bo Pelini's blitzing five guys every down and, and like playing man to man up top. Like, yeah, that's going to be yeah. easy. That's, it that's was perfect. So for arrogant and so stupid. And, <laughs> yeah, and you know, and so Arkansas is like, well, no, we're going to actually do the opposite. We're just going to drop back and play tons of zone. And you know, Oh my God, KJ Costello can't figure out where the gaps are and the receivers don't know where to stop. And, yeah, they've like, only been playing this offense yes. for like two months you know, or a month at this point. So and then you go like, play Kentucky, which actually, you know, as a defensive coach they, for a head coach, and they've yeah. had a pretty good defense now for a number of years. Yeah. Like, it, that's what you get. This is what you get. You know, it's going to take a couple of years. Like, I don't know. It's good. Like, we talked about this, you know, and all of us, you know, Kook Center guys talked about this on Slack, that it was going to be a rough transition. And after the LSU game, we kind of went, Maybe not. Well, maybe not. <laughs> and then, like, the last game's like, ah, there it is. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Exactly what we thought. Well, I think I, I think I said uh, when the Arkansas game came up, and I'm like, this is absolutely a game Mike Leach would lose. Yeah, <laughs> like, absolutely. Arkansas, had, Arkansas hadn't won a, yep. a conference game you in two years. You are flying <laughs> high after beating LSU and then face plant. But, yeah, exactly. You know, like – it, it's it's gonna take some time yes it's yeah. gonna take some time uh yeah but the, they'll like give them like give them like two years have a quarterback that's been in the program for two years yes has been right in the area for two years yep suddenly that drop eight's only gonna work maybe for like alabama yep and like you know so yep. it's not gonna be like it's i don't know it's just it's it's gonna be it's it's yeah. gonna go from like it was kind of fun 
watching the LSU game. To, it's just going to be the frustrating same old shit yep. over and over again. Um, I don't want to only talk about Mississippi State, yeah. although we'll probably keep talking about yeah. them because it's I, interesting. Way, it's just interesting. I do want to say this. Like another piece of this is watching Miss, uh, Mississippi State fans like losing their shit about. Well, maybe this isn't doesn't work maybe it's like it's it, uh, uh, you know they're just and well it's <laughs> and we have to resist being the uh yeah being, being the, the texas, texas tech, tech widows fan. Yeah. oh my god we had the lots texas of those tech widows yeah um some of them may be listening to this maybe yeah, they stuck maybe. out with the i WSU doubt it man leach is not coach anymore they don't care mississippi anymore state. Yeah, they, they are now mississippi, mississippi state, state fans yeah they're like lebron fans yeah just move move yep. with him they just move with him um, but, but yeah it's watching the mississippi state fans sort of like um, the, the one thing I'm noticing is everything's moving kind of in hyperspeed compared to what, oh, yeah. what we did. Right. Cause we were just so tickled to have him. It's the SEC speed. Right? Baby. The, yeah. That's what it is. We were so tickled to have him that like all of this stuff that happened over time, you know, it really took kind of uh, two and a half years or so really to kind of get to the three years to get to the point where we were like, eh, I don't know about this, you know, um, Mississippi state's like three games in the middle of a pandemic and God damn it. What the fuck is wrong with this? This is messed up. All you got to do is drop eight people and this doesn't even work. Why are we even trying this? And I'm like, Holy shit, man, you guys are like, this is like so fast. They, they are just, they, they've, they've like skipped over all the, all the honeymoon. Well, Mississippi state, Definitely didn't have like the depths of despair that we had no, before. Leach no, and there, they so. <laughs> and they are not very far separated from really their most successful stint in program history, which was when Dan Mullen was there. So, yeah, um, yeah that that is fresh in their mind, and that's what they're you know the the previous coach they had they fired after two seasons, right? I think yeah. two seasons. Yeah. So the idea Mullen's is only look, been at Florida yeah, for a couple yeah. of years. Yeah. So we won't we will not stand for this. We fired a guy after two years to bring in another guy. So yeah, it's if if he doesn't figure out a way to get that offense to produce here pretty quick, um man, people are people are not gonna have a lot of patience for him at all. So um way way less patience than we had, that's for sure. Oh, and uh speaking of Dan Mullen. <laughs> <laughs> Dan Mullen, who wanted you know seventy thousand people in the swamp. ninety thousand ninety thousand people. I don't even know how big that stadium is, but whatever it is, however many tens Martin of thousands, yeah, however many tens of thousands of people wanted them in there, packed in there, and uh, yeah, they there's not even a game for them to play this weekend. Yeah, because a quarter of his team has COVID. Oh my God, it's 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 insane to me. Like this idea that uh, twenty people might test positive on a team, and it's just like, eh. And that's where yeah. we're at right now. Yeah, Florida. Ah, we'll just postpone it. We'll be back next week with <laughs> twenty guys who have COVID. Like, what the hell? <laughs> you know, uh, if you had told me in July. That hey, we were gonna be you know mid October and a team was gonna test po- have twenty positive tests, and all they were gonna do is postpone a game and, and not it. cancel and the not cancel the season, not like not like have some sort of serious reckoning about what whatever they're doing that they would just be like yeah, all right, well we'll just postpone this week. We'll see you next week. I, I mean, I would have laughed you out of the room. I would have been like, no way. No way. We're in the middle of a pandemic. Everybody understands this. Like, like no way. But nope, we've given up. Good job, America. We're just like, eh, 20 positive tests. Meh. 
Vanderbilt, now, Vanderbilt barely made it through their game last weekend. Yeah. I mean, the SEC is uh, teetering. I mean, Nick Saban's got COVID now. Nick Saban has COVID. And if and he's the, got it. And the AD at uh, If he's uh, got it, they, they don't have – they haven't said if they've got positive tests on their team, but if he's got it, guaranteed. Guaranteed players do. Maybe it's not showing up yet, but – well, that's probably where he got it from. That would be the assumption, right? Yeah. So they're not testing positive yet, but they're going to. So then what? I don't know, man. This is all it's it's so so bonkers to me. So bonkers to me. Yeah, it'll be interesting to watch the Pac twelve season play out and uh It's gonna be funny if the Pac twelve ends up looking like like the ones that did it right in the end. And the Big Ten, After you know, taking so much shit. Yeah, because they Big you know. Ten, the Big Ten in particular, took a lot of shit. Yeah, you know, because honestly, their communication was awful. But, yes, but um, then they totally redeemed themselves by aggressively forcing their way back into a season, <laughs> which they totally did without any outside pressure in any way. Oh yeah, it yeah. was totally. Well, I mean, you could say that for the Pac-12 too. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. But if they can play, you know, if the Pac-12 and the Big Ten can play their seasons uninterrupted, then, you know, that'll be a success. But, I mean, like every other, you know, the Big 12 and the SEC. The NFL hasn't been able to do it. I mean, Baylor's a mess, right? I mean, that's very fitting for Baylor. So, Yeah, Baylor is a mess is just kind of the standard. Yeah, evergreen. Yeah, that's just what Baylor is, is a mess. Yeah, well, you know. So, yeah, yeah, I, 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 kind of how much I mean, how what's much it fo- what's it going to take for people to care like is i mean is it going to uh, going to take someone dying like is that is that it yeah i don't know maybe it's maybe just at uh, maybe someone just su- suffering some more effects beyond uh you know the fever and 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 stuff uh maybe you know some actual like lung damage that they're having trouble recovering yeah. from and then they'd have to probably be a player that was fairly prominent yeah i mean would it have to be you know trevor lawrence or something i mean yeah like and obviously we're not you know just just hypothetically yeah probably i i don't think i mean they, they had there's 20 plus players with it on one team and they're not canceling the season right. i don't I don't know what's going to make them cancel the season. If if a quarter of a team has it and they're not canceling the season, I don't think they're going to cancel the season for anything yeah. beyond yeah, maybe a death. Like I it's, mean, it's got to it, be hospitalizations or death. Like that's you know, and which you, which and we talked about this. I I don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast or maybe we talked about it just personally. That's with these populations, it's 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 the likelihood of those things happening is much lower, right? Um, they're very, they're the healthiest of the healthy people. Right. Maybe not the linemen. They're very big. Um, (laughs) they they uh, would have what people might call comorbidities. Yeah. Given that they are, you know, by definition obese, but yeah, but also probably could in way better shape than you are. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know, you know, obviously I hope it does not come to anything yeah. like that i hope nothing like that happens i hope every all you know every, i hope that the, all the 23 players or whatever are fine and and have no long-term effects they're just sick it's like you know if it's just like having a cold or whatever and and then they're they're over it and then they can play and then they can live their lives but yeah if 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 that if that's just what's going to happen then then fine let it happen yeah. and but 
but yeah, I just I hope that we're just not careening towards a path of disaster here, and that we're not we're we're just like play we're just playing with probabilities and we're playing with odds to the point where someone's going to catch it and something bad's going to happen. Yeah, and honestly, it's it's when you start seeing the coaches catch it is is when you get a yeah. little more worried. Is you know like Nick Saban is not a I mean, young he's, dude, he's seventy right? Like yeah. I mean, he's not young. I saw on SportsCenter he's in his 14th season at Alabama, and I about fell out of my chair. I was like, oh, my God, it's been that long? Like, And he doesn't have 14 titles? What? <laughs> yeah, what, what you been doing over there? Now, like, look, my most sincere hope is that uh, a year from now, two years from now, five years from now, ten years from now, um, everybody gets to laugh at you and me for worrying so much. Yeah. Like, like that, like, truly – um, cause, cause I realized the, the, when we talk about it, you know, it can come across as like, uh, number one, you know, obviously we are both just sort of like, you know, worst case scenario, like, you know, we're, we're, we're more likely to want to be safe than anything else. Um, which I get is, you know, you know, different than, than the way a lot of other people see the world. Um, you know, and, and I, I'm sure there have been people who listen to the podcast and been like, ah, everything's going to be fine. And, um, you know, I hope, I hope I against hope that that's true, you know, cause when we, when we sit here and we talk about it, you know, I'm, I'm in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, okay, these 20 guys have COVID, you know, is one of them going to die? I hope not. It's not, but it's not unheard of for someone who's, you know, 20 something to die. Like it happens, you know, and if, if we're getting, you know, all of these cases all over the place, um, the odds are that it's going to happen to somebody somewhere. And then the other thing is we just, we don't know yet what this virus does to somebody long-term, the things that it does to your lungs. And um, it's a vascular disease or right. Like uh card, like I'm trying to remember like, like the term, but, but it's a, it's a bloodborne disease. And so it gets into your blood vessels and you know, that's why people sometimes have a hard time breathing and things like that is, you know, it's, it's, it's in there and, and it's like, okay, so um, are these guys going to have long-term effects, even if they are reasonably asymptomatic, we just don't know. And I get that some people are like, hey, we don't know, so let's just assume everything's going to be fine. You know, I'm the kind of person that's like, we don't know, so let's assume it's going to suck. <laughs> like, um, so I, I get that different people have different perspectives, but, um, you know, like I said, my, my number one hope is that it, you know, I, I end up looking foolish for being so, uh, so worried about it. And, and I really hope that all these guys who have it, um, you know, they turn out okay and that the decision to, to play, through this, uh, you know, ends up being a decision that, um, you know, ends up looking, you know, reasonable and okay. And, and that, uh, well within the boundaries of, um, you know, what was a good idea because, uh, the alternative frankly is, is just, you know, I don't want to, I, I try not to think too much about the alternative because then I get to a point where I don't want to talk about sports and I don't want to write about the Cougars and, you know, cause I just, you know, I don't, I don't want to be a part of, uh, you know, this, the, the machine that ends up leading to somebody's, uh, you know, at worst death and, and, and maybe even, you know, le lesser, you know, permanent health problems. Yeah. One thing I do, um, find interesting, I've, I've, uh, I've talked with to uh, Amanda about this. Who's, she's a nurse practitioner and whatever. Um, not that that matters, but, Oh, it matters. Uh, yeah. It matters. Uh, yeah. I know. But <laughs> she knows a so, lot more than you and me. So what she said is like, COVID-19 is, is a coronavirus and we have coronaviruses all the time. It's not a new thing. We have them every year. Um, so we knew from the get go that, that it, that it, it, it isn't, it doesn't live long on surfaces. It, 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 what it, how it typically is, um, 
uh, transmitted is through these droplets in the air. And, but we kind of, at the start, maybe out of fear of running out of PPE for providers and stuff, uh, we're focused on cleaning things and we're focused on all this stuff when really we should have been focused on covering our faces and we didn't From do that the at the start. And, and, and yeah, obviously I, you know, the CDC screwed up on that. A lot of local authorities screwed up on that. It, it kind of down the, down the line, you know, I, I think it was just to protect this PPE supply. I wish it never would happen. Um, because now we have this whole anti-mask thing. Um, but it's true, like all coronaviruses, like all coronaviruses, it is transmitted through droplets that you expel out of your mouth and nose and whatever. Um, so it's it, it that that's what makes it so infectious in these close you know quarters is because people are just passing their droplets around, right? Right. And so these football teams are kind of like if some one person gets it, you are like you're in these weight rooms, you're in you're you're in huddles, you're in you're in film study, you're in all these situations like indoors quite often. Um, it, and even like just when you're outdoors, you're so close to each other that it's there's there's a high risk of transmission. And even with all the testing, uh you know, you're gonna. You're, they're obviously missing things, and and people are getting it, and and like you said, hopefully it's 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 fine. But it's just a very very like that's the thing. It's it's a very it's a it's a highly highly infectious disease. It spreads very quickly, and so we can talk about the mortality rates, and yeah, they are pretty low. They are low. They're lower than other things that we catch. But the thing is, it's so infectious that it infects a lot of people right. all at once. Right. And and so, yeah, the mortality rate's lower, but more people have it. So you're 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 basically playing the odds of someone dying. You're still going to stack up the raw numbers because the because the number of infections is is so high, right? Yeah. So you're going to have a lot of deaths just because even if the percentage is fairly low you're still going to stack up a high number of deaths because so many people get infected. Yeah. And, and obviously because of the way it, it seems because of the way it, it impacts people. If, if you are already what they call a vulnerable population, more likely to die and more likely to have long-term effects. So I'm hoping that, you know, it doesn't impact these players and it, it just, it, it, they're fine. And like you said, we're the dummies and, and like, we're, you know, it, you know, next year we're laughing about how, oh, they could have just been doing this all the time. It's fine. But, um, I still think it's probably a good idea not to have, you know, a bunch of people in the stands together. Um, cause that's, that's where it's not just a bunch of 19 year olds. You know? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it, it's, it's interesting. I, I hope this, uh, this the testing that the Pac-12 talks about is legit and prevents um, these sort of breakouts that we've seen in other parts of the country, and hopefully they you know they're able to play and keep the players safe and keep the coaches safe, um, and then we're able to get through like a season without any uh, major guilt. Yep. 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 I hope I hope it all works out. I hope Nick Saban ends up okay. Like. 
you know, supposedly asymptomatic at the moment. You know, I hope that the uh, the the president in chief, uh, you know, uh, ends up okay after after his little bout of hospitalization. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I hope I hope everybody ends up okay, man. I I follow a, a a Twitter account called Faces of COVID that just sort of tweets about articles and things have been written about people who have died from COVID and. Um, you just got to remember that it's, uh, you know, it, it is real, you know, people are, people are still, you know, dying. Uh, so, uh, you know, just hopefully, hopefully it doesn't affect anybody we know and, and hopefully it doesn't, uh, you know, doesn't affect any, any of the players that we care about. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I guess, I guess I don't have much else to say about that. Yeah, I, I didn't mean that to go into a big old uh, COVID rant again, but uh, I don't know. Man, a, dude, you... it's the end of the podcast. I don't know how many people are still listening. Anyway. Yeah, I don't, yeah, and honestly, I don't know how you go through your life without thinking about these things, but whatever. Uh, I don't know. Um, maybe some people don't. I mean, honestly, like I, I've i thought about this, right? Like like maybe there are people who just, you know, they just, they did, well, they, I did, they just don't I, think much about it, even though like it's everywhere right now and seems to be touching all parts of our lives. Like, I don't know, man, maybe, maybe some people just don't think about it. I I, I shared, I shared with you a a tweet from WC wellness center. I I, was WC well, I don't know what that is, but uh, um, they, they said uh, in 47% of workers say the upcoming election has impacted their ability to do a job because of, you know, uh, stress or whatever. I'm thinking like, what the hell are the other 53%? Like I'm <laughs> right? jealous of all y'all. Like, cause I can't, I like, know this has been weighing on me a lot, you know? So I don't like, I, I even think on both sides, it must a little bit, you know, even if you're not like me, I, I feel like you, you, you must think the other guy is scary. I don't, I don't know. It's, or, I mean, I don't think either of them are <laughs> amazing, but, uh, um, but, uh, but still I, I, I don't know. Like I'm jealous of those 53% of people who can obviously can compartmentalize better than I can. Cause there are certainly days, um, especially cause you know, I just work online constantly. Like you got to pull up, you know, 538 forecast, pull up 270 to win. You pull right. up every, everything else, you know, it's, it's just, uh, I, every day I check that multiple times a day and just what's the numbers. What does it say? What does this say? You know? And so I, I I'm, I, it's I'm, I've been very stressed about it, so I'm 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 jealous of those. Obviously, apparently, I'm in the minority. I'm jealous of the rest of y'all who <laughs> don't don't think about this. Um, maybe your job is more interesting than mine. I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, I, it's just uh, I'm definitely in that forty-seven yeah. percent where oh, yeah. it's definitely impacted my oh yeah the, my ability to do my job. Yeah, one hundred percent. I had a good day at my job, though. I got a whole bunch of my kids to turn on their cameras during class today. So, whoa, yeah, that was pretty. Uh, I I don't know, man. I I told the kids, man, it made my made my day, made my week, getting to see faces. Uh, we we've taken a pretty lax approach so far to cameras because um, there's there's apparently a, a fair amount of emerging research uh, talking about sort of the negative effects of you know having your camera on and staring at your face all day. Uh-huh. Um, which I can totally believe because I do it every day, <laughs> staring, staring at myself all day, looking at my beard, looking at my hair, looking at, you know, all the other things that, uh, that people do. 
Um, but yeah, so we, so we've been pretty lenient with the kids and, but I've gotten to a point now we're in week seven and I'm like, yo, like this is really hard when I can't see anybody. And all I can see is, uh, uh, basically in our, we use Microsoft teams. And so, um, all I see where kids should be is, uh, circles with letters in it for initials. And, uh, I, I, I'm really tired of that. So, so I asked the kids today, I'm like, Hey, can you give me five minutes, just five minutes of cameras on while I take attendance and. Uh, and they did it for me, so I was, I was I was endlessly grateful, grateful for that. So little victories, right? Little victories yeah, during go. a pandemic. Nicely done. I, we've definitely had. Uh, uh, obviously, I've, I've worked remotely forever, and but definitely at my work, we have used the cameras more since the pandemic. Because I do have I do have coworkers that did go into offices and that but i didn't and so they're used to seeing people and so they turn on their cameras and so you in turn turn on your camera and then there's the one person like do we have to and you're, and you're like no like you don't have to turn on your camera you know because who knows what you're you know like <laughs> well that's exactly like, it for us like we do the same thing like it's you know i i don't you know we're going basically it's like going into kids homes right so yeah. Um, try not to be super yeah. pushy about it. But like Teams is nice in that, you know, you can do backgrounds. Zoom does backgrounds too, but you got to like, I don't know, you got to have like a green screen behind you or something for it to really Yeah, they work. don't they don't work very well if you but don't. Teams works yeah. really really well and they've got a whole bunch of stock backgrounds. So I told the kids I'm like, look, pick a background. Like just I understand, you know, if you're like attending I mean, class in the bathroom yeah. or something, I get it. Just, you know, turn on a background and uh, and go that way. So most of them were really good about it. A few were resistant and I was just like, Hey, maybe let's try again on Friday for those of you who don't want to do it. So yeah, yeah, it went pretty well. It went pretty well. You know, like I said, little victories, but it, it, it was, I, I have missed that, uh, a lot being able to see kids and just talk to them and Hey, I like your hat. Where'd you get your hat? You know, stuff like that. I mean, just the yeah. dumb stuff that allows you to connect with kids and, and just not being able to do that. I, I have missed that more than I realized until about last week. And then I was like, okay, I'm really going to push them this week to try and at least for a little bit, get their cameras on. And sure enough, it, it was great. It was super fun. You know, like some kids, like, I don't know, man, it's cool. Like to get to connect with some kids on uh, you know, like I I've had some kids that I've gotten almost no work out of. They've been basically non-existent with, with most everything. And, you know, we're a handful of them today, you know, I was able to like see something, right? Like a hat or a hoodie or something on the wall where they were and be like, Hey, what's, you know, tell me about that thing on your wall. And it's like, Oh, let me spend five minutes telling you all about this thing. And I'm like, okay, you know, like, like finally, you know, we're, we're, we're getting through to them maybe just a little bit. So yeah, that, that part was good. That part was good. Well, maybe we should do a, a, a zoom uh, podcast and uh, let everyone see our face. Maybe we should. Maybe we should. I don't know. We did those. Remember when we did those on Google Hangouts back yeah, in the day? Time and stuff. <laughs> it was me and you and Sherwood, and I don't remember who else was. Brian there. sometimes. Yeah, Brian, Brian Floyd, Floyd sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those were pretty funny. We were ahead of our time on that man. Yeah, we were and way ahead were like, of our time. Those were not quality. No, streams. we could do a lot better with the Zoom. No, now. yeah, we could we could do much 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 better now. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe we will. Maybe maybe we'll have to do that. Like, uh, like I don't know. Maybe we'll do it during a game or something. Maybe we'll do a post game show. That'd be kind of fun. Like instant react post game zoom. Yeah, I mean now that we know, no one's going to be at the game. Yeah, like we're, we'll do. all be available. Yeah. Unlike uh, you know when 
half you guys are in Pullman or whatever. Yeah, now it's going to be awkward when you're asking, can someone write the recap? Like, <laughs> I know you all don't have anything to do. None of you are in Pullman. No excuses. I need someone to write the recap. <laughs> no excuses. No, it's, uh, yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, there's only there's only seven of them this year. Maybe eight if we get a bowl game. So. And you don't. If we go. We go zero and seven and get a bowl game this year. So that would be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> a bowl game that nobody gets to go to anyway. <laughs> hey, as long as they get the cool gear and stuff, that's yeah, all that matters. Yeah, that is all. That is all that matters. As long as the players have fun, that's yep. all that really matters. Well, man, this turned out a lot longer than I thought. It, it would always be. does. We had a lot of catching up to do. Yeah, we did. So, well, I think we did. I think I think we did our catching up for sure. For sure. All right. Well, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, if you like what you hear, five stars on yeah. iTunes, whatever your service is. iTunes especially. That's where most people get their podcasts. Yep. Um, yeah, I'm I'm the Craig Powers on Twitter. Pod versus everyone on Twitter is run by Jeff. Mm. If you have any email comments like if you want to complain about us talking about politics too much um <laughs> you can email podcast versus everyone at gmail instead of emailing my personal email uh i, I guess you can email my personal email because it's on kook center yeah so if you find it that way go ahead yeah um but uh you can also email the pod pod versus podcast versus everyone at, at gmail.com as well yeah um, and we're not going to stop talking about politics. No, so it's just kind of inherent in nope. our being. Um, so we're not going to. Yeah, I can it. always tell who the people are who have only recently started listening. Yeah, because uh, the first you know twenty episodes, we probably we had a, a segment where we specifically talked about politics. So, yeah. Um, yeah, and it's been very hard to avoid uh, in this time. So yeah, um, that's yeah. all right. We we do we do try to we we have dialed we definitely dialed it We've back, tried which is what's hilarious back. about the stop talking about politics yes, email we that did we the got. Black Lives Matter episode that we labeled as Black Lives Matter. So <laughs> yeah. you could just skip that one. Yeah, altogether. you could just not listen to it if you don't want to hear. I mean, I would hope you would want to listen to it, but yeah. you know, if you're like Black Lives Matter is just a bridge too far, nooser, then that that don't listen to it, man. I don't know. And it's not it's not hard. You can always hit that 30 second it's, button. It's okay. Button. You're not, we will never know unless you tell us. Yeah. Which some of you do, which some of you do <laughs> like people are like, I just always skip past the beer. Okay. Yeah. That's all right. That's fine. As we said, I, I talk about hey, beer cause it's fun. As we said from the very beginning, this is for us and it always yeah. will be for us. And so that'll mean that sometimes we do things that listeners don't like and Oh, well, like, like record a almost two hour podcast. Yeah. <laughs> 148. Well, you're going to cut out. There's like a minute. That is true. There's, the there's like a minute in the middle. And you'll out. never know, listener. You'll That's never right. Know. You'll never know. You're what obviously we're talking a dedicated about. listener if you're still listening to this or you're just in the car and you're not. You <laughs> and you're like, it. where's the damn button? How do I skip it, to the next podcast? It's like I, I'll, I'll listen to the to the plugs at the end of podcasts <laughs> just because I'm like, uh, if I know if I'll just let it run, it'll just go, it'll to, go the to the next podcast. podcast. That's what they're counting on. <laughs> yeah, That's exactly. what those advertisers are counting on. <laughs> All right, dude. All right, man. Go Cougs. Go Cougs. Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter.